Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about the business of real life. If you're a working mom or a mompreneur, this is where you want to be. This is where we share tips right off Elaine's Kitchen Table about business and parenting. Being a mom of three and wearing multiple hats, from CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisies Limited to speaker and educator, Elaine knows how valuable your time is, so this podcast is going to be short and sweet. Whether you're tuning in while driving to a meeting, washing dishes, or sitting in the school parking lot waiting to pick up the kids, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated to be that successful person you're capable of being and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. I'm so honored to have you here with us today where we talk about the business of real life right here off our kitchen table where we share strategies and ideas that we have learned, lessons that we have learned through our own journeys. And today I am just so excited and honored to have this guest with us today who has an incredible product that you must hear about and I can't wait to buy myself. And I I told her that I'm actually going to order three sets after our, our interview today. Our guest today is a nausea relief chief and the co-founder of Psy Health Solutions Incorporated, the maker of Psy Bands, a medical device for the relief of nausea, a very common everyday problem. Now, with a business degree and a marketing emphasis, she oversees the daily operations, including the entire supply chain, the marketing, financials, and the sales of Psy Health Solutions. Her award-winning Psy Bands are sold in more than 10,000 U.S. locations, including CVS, Target, Babies R Us and Whole Foods. She has appeared on Shark Tank, The Jeff Probst Show, Good Morning America, Oh, The Oprah Magazine as an OPIC. How cool is that? And many, many other magazines. Now, she also offers tips to product-based entrepreneurs for getting and keeping their products on retail store shelves in her blog called Both Sides of the Retail Table. I, I wish I had discovered that years ago, but if you're listening and you have a product-based business, you definitely want to take a look at this. And the website is actually www.retailtable.com. Now, on top of all this, she is a mom to two teenage boys and a lovely wife, of 19 years. I am so honored to welcome our guest today, Romy Teramina. Hi, Elaine. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Now, I have been a fan of you over social media for for actually lots of years now, and this is our first time we've actually connected. I actually, well, not face to face, but over, over, I guess, Skype. <laughs> so yep. I'm very honored to meet you. And you as well. I feel like I already know you. <laughs> that is the that's the power of social media. I know, and oh. it, it is a wonderful opportunity. But it, it is nice seeing your face. I, I I do welcome that. What I what I love is how we met is through um, a mom inventor group on social media because often women can feel isolated when they are going through it all by themselves and, and becoming an entrepreneur and, and an inventor and and it can be very isolating so I, I really love that there was a group online that that made us feel like the world is not so lonely in being a, a woman entrepreneur. I completely agree with you it's very empowering to have that women connection where we're supporting each other and sharing of information and ideas and resources and uh, preventing mistakes as well. 
Yes, yes, and and to to have that support is just unspeakable. It's often said like you know, it takes a village to raise a child, and I think often a business can be said for the same that to have other people come around you and say it's okay, you know, let's just pick ourselves up and keep going and and to share the lessons that we have learned. And I would just love for you right now, Romy, to to ask if you could just tell us in one sentence, what is your business? Well, the business is Cybands, and they are a medical device for the relief of nausea due to morning sickness, motion sickness, anesthesia, and chemotherapy. Yes, and, and how you're describing it, it looks it sounds very clinical, but if you go online, and I'm talking to our listeners right now, and look up Cybands, which is actually spelt P-S-I, you will see that they're adorable, and they're beautiful, and they're so there's so many different styles that uh, you just can't buy just one. <laughs> but I, I love how versatile they are too. And I have to ask you, Romy, as a successful business owner, there's a lot of people who think that you know it's, it's an easy road to be where you are today. And I would, I would really appreciate if you could just bring us to a reality check. And sure. Share, and share just the challenging parts. And, and maybe there was a, a difficult uh, hurdle that you had to go through in your journey to be where you are today. Are you able to share one of those experiences that, and the lesson that you discovered? Sure. Um, I, I mean, every day I would say it's about learning and growing and being open and as flexible as we possibly can. Um, balancing motherhood and running a full-time business has been a challenge and one that I have definitely learned from. Um, I, I think earlier in the conversation you pointed to how just, you know, raising children can, can be a challenge and to balance that. And I don't believe in the word balance, but doing our best mm -hmm. to navigate, um, motherhood and being a business, uh, woman, um, it, it becomes, you know, we have to be strategic and creative and, um, just always just strive to do our best and, to do so and, and be willing to forgive ourselves that mm. we can't be a hundred percent to everyone all the time and that we are always striving to do our best and to be okay with that without guilt. Um, and while I have two teenage boys now, when I started this company, um, well, that was back in 2006 and we went to market in 2008, my boys were much younger. And so, you know, I've navigated that road and mm -hmm. it's, it's been a journey and a process and um, it, it's just taking one step in front of the other and not looking back, but looking forward and um, just, you know, like I said, trying to do our best. No, absolutely. I, I like how you said that it's you have to navigate it and, and to not look back. And and I think that when, I, I'm just trying, I, as I'm a very visual person, and so when I think of navigation, I'm thinking, what, what would you say would be your, your roadmaps, Romy? Well, the roadmap is there, and I have a vision for where I want to take the company. Mm -hmm. I always have, and that's been part of our business plan from the beginning. But that's not to say that the path 
to getting there doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And that is about pivoting. It's, it's the same thing as, as motherhood. Just when you think you know what to expect. Our children change it up for us. <laughs> yes. And uh, that's the same with business. Um, you never know what's going to be thrown at you. And you want to be able to take advantage of opportunities, but not get distracted from too many dangling carrots either. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Excellent. I think it's important to have a vision and to stick with that vision to, to generally know how you may get there, but also be flexible and nimble about those choices and to realize that there's always going to be opportunities. It's just which ones are we going to pursue because there's always trade-offs. You pursue one thing, that means you're not pursuing another. I, I really appreciate that you said to have a vision. And I think sometimes we can be very short-sighted in, in our everyday business because there's so much to be done. And, and we kind of sometimes lose picture, like lose focus of that, of that end goal and to to just stick, stay with that path. Thank you for pointing that out. Sure. Now, Romy, what is it that made you start your business? I suffered from a debilitating morning sickness during both of my pregnancies, and the only thing that helped to relieve that nausea was acupressure. But I was dissatisfied with the existing products on the market. They mm. were very unstylish. They were <laughs> not waterproof, and they would not stay static Mm. On the Nikon acupressure point, which is the point that's been clinically shown to relieve the nausea. So I set out to create something that would be both fashionable and functional for those who suffer from nausea, not only due to morning sickness, but also motion sickness, anesthesia, and chemotherapy. And I had no idea at the time that this would then be considered a class two medical device by mm. the FDA. So again, when you, we talk about hurdles, this would be one of those major hurdles because I did not know that I would then need to go about getting FDA clearance. So I do not have a medical background. Um, I have a business background with a marketing emphasis, but mm. I did not have that medical background and did not know what I was getting into. Mm. And in some ways, you can say maybe that is a good thing. Sometimes we don't know what we're getting into. Otherwise, we may not go down that path. Yes. Um, so um, sometimes getting those obstacles put right in front of us at the point where we're ready and willing to make that compromise and that sacrifice and to be willing to jump through those hurdles. Sometimes it's just one of those necessary evils, if you will. <laughs> no, I... I that is so true. When you don't know about it ahead of time, then you just have to deal with it right when you're face-to-face -face with it. And you're absolutely right. If we knew how hard it would be to be an entrepreneur, an inventor, um, putting out a new product, there's probably a lot of people who might not do it. Exactly. <laughs> Including absolutely. ourselves. And that's not to take away from all the research that we do mm -hmm. ahead of time before mm -hmm. making those decisions and before moving forward. I mean, there's so much research that, that we've all done to get to where we are, but that doesn't mean that we know everything because we never will. No, absolutely. Then I would say that, you know, I think being an entrepreneur, one of the top qualities is to absolutely be resourceful. And what would you say are other must-haves, like even three must-haves that a person should have if they want to start their own business? 
Well, I would say a, a very strong belief in their product or service. Um, I, I think that if you are not you, but if one is not so convinced themselves, they're never going to be able to convince other people about it. Absolutely. So a, a very, very strong belief, that strong passion that what they have is truly unique and that there is a marketplace for it. Mm -hmm. um, I would say to... Um, you know, to have that, that drive and determination um, to be able to see it through to fruition mm -hmm. and um, also to be, like you said, to be resourceful, to be willing to put in the research and the effort that is necessary to make sure that you have a viable idea. Um, you know, there's a lot of great, great ideas out there, but it does take determination and passion and mm -hmm. research and everything to make it all happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, and I'm sure you have many women who contact you saying, can I pick your brain? This, I have a product idea. What should I do? And sometimes I hear, like when I get to um, communicate back, I often say, you know, it sounds like a great idea, but make sure you've done the research to see if it exists already because often great ideas do. And sometimes I'll get a reply saying, oh, I don't have time to, to do the research. And I think, oh dear, that's, that's probably the easy part. Exactly. <laughs> for starting the right. business. And if you don't have time to research it in the beginning, it, it might be an indicator that it would be a very tough road to, to move forward. Exactly. I completely agree with you. A lot of people ask me, or, you know, they have this idea that um, getting on to the shelf at, at Target is mm -hmm. their ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just be careful what you wish for because, mm -hmm. you know, getting your product into a store is one thing, but keeping it there is another thing, you know, entirely unto itself. Absolutely. And, um, Absolutely. There does have to be so much research that is done. And if they don't do the research at the beginning, it, it's just going to be um, a really negative experience, actually. Absolutely. Now, you are incredible. You have worked so hard on this incredible product. These side bands are in over 10,000 U.S. locations, including CVS, Target, Babies RS. And you have all this knowledge from your experiences, and you've created a, a website, and I think it's like another business where it's called Both Sides of the Retail Table. And um, is that where you act as a consultant to help other women? I do. Yes, it's I do fabulous. that on the side. I love working with other entrepreneurs, um, especially women entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. It's very gratifying to me um, to share lessons learned, to give insight. Um, many business women don't have a business background. And Absolutely. They may be very intelligent, very bright, very creative, but um, maybe they're missing certain parts um, to the puzzle that I can offer to them and to help make them more successful and to make less mistakes, which therefore are costly and mm -hmm. prevent them from moving forward. So um, I love the opportunity to move people forward in a positive direction and to set goals that are attainable and achievable and to do it in a way that's organic. Um, I feel like a lot of people think that they need to go to, you know, zero to 100, 100 miles per hour, you mm -hmm. know, in, in a few seconds flat, and it just doesn't work that way. Um, try to help to, to mitigate risk and, um, you know, create opportunity. Absolutely. And so I, I have a few questions with regards to this that I know that our listeners would be 
dying to ask you, and I, I know that these are probably questions you have heard before. And so if, if someone wanted to get into these big boxes, would you recommend that they contact them directly or go to a trade show and meet these people? I think it's, it's you know, I, I have a lot to say on that. And so <laughs> I, would, I would encourage people to go to my blog, both sides mm -hmm. of the retail table. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's retailtable.com, but the name of the blog is both sides of the retail table. Mm -hmm. And... Um, just kind of dig through, you know, read, read the blogs. It's free information. And there is so much that is involved in, in, in doing business with those big retailers. And I, I wouldn't even want to say that the choice is go to a trade show or contact the buyer directly without really knowing if they're even ready to go down that path. Absolutely. Because there are so many costs and systems that need to be dealt with and a foundation in your business that needs to be established before a lot of people are ready to actually do business and be successful with those retailers. Absolutely. So it's part of an overall strategy and, um, you know, for each product-based entrepreneur, that path to getting into mass retailers is going to be different. Um, whether that be, you know by contacting a buyer directly or going through a rep and there's benefits pluses and minuses of, of using a, a rep to do that. Um, to, you know, a lot of people don't understand the, what points of negotiation to deal with, what the language, what, how the retailer even speaks is, um, very unique and different. And, um, a lot of people just don't have that insight yet. And when they just kind of think that it's that they're going to navigate this and not have the experience, it, it's, it, it can be very costly to them. I, I think that your blog is invaluable to product-based businesses. So, And I wish I discovered it sooner <laughs> myself. But you are absolutely right. I think that a lot of people, when they create a product, they automatically think, oh my gosh, I have to get into Target or into a big box. And you are absolutely right. It doesn't mean that that, that might be the best route or, or that anybody is ready just because you created a product. Because there are a lot of things that need to be set up that are very expensive that people have to be ready for. Like, if, like whether it's warehousing and EDI systems set up to um, being ready for chargeback fees that are shocking sometimes. And... I, Absolutely. I appreciate what you said that, you know, it's wonderful to get a product in the store, but keeping it on the shelves and getting that reorder. Romy, would you say, like, is there a tip, a number one tip or a strategy that you would say that if your product is in stores, what would be your number one or number two top strategies to keeping a product in stores to have that happy and good retailer partnership? Well, there's probably a number of things. I wouldn't even keep it to one or two. Um, I would say having a good relationship with your rep and or buyer is really critical. There has to be a trusted relationship there. Um, and that needs to be based on um, actions taken. So when you commit to something that you need to be able to deliver on that, 
um, because it, it has to be a win-win. If you're not delivering your product on time, then you failed the buyer. Um, you have to, you have to fully understand your competition. You have to understand what the buyer's objectives are. Um, you have to not only be in tune with what's happening with your own product, but what is happening, you know, in their own re retail space, um, pricing operations at just the whole nine yards, um, from the point of committing to fulfilling an order, you have to be able to deliver on time because if you have empty store shelves, that means you're costing the buyer um, mm -hmm. dollars and, you know, you're going to be hit, hit with non-compliance fees like you talked about. Mm -hmm. um, it just so establishing a trusted relationship is really critical. Um, I, I would venture to say that a, some people border on being overly aggressive and that can be a turnoff for these buyers. Um, there's a fine line be between being passionate and determined um, and being overly assertive. So making sure to, to, to navigate that um, as best as possible. And I, and I understand everybody ga everybody's gauge for that is a little bit different. But mm -hmm. just to kind of be mindful of that, that you do not want to become a thorn in their side. And so you do not want to be um, communicating too much, but yet you need to be communicating um, and that if there is a problem, that you'd be forthright about it and you provide a solution to that problem when you go to the buyer. Um, you know, it's about finding solutions and making sure to make the most out of a situation. So don't just go running to the buyer whining. Mm -hmm. If there is a problem, to be honest and forthright and solution-oriented. Yes, I, I love that on when I think one of your blogs is called Do Not Be a Pain in the Butt. <laughs> yeah, I think I did write that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I'm just going to send everybody to your blog. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a, um, a buyer tell me once that she receives over 400 emails a day. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we, we just have to be very mindful of the information that we're forwarding and be efficient and succinct and helpful and to bring in humor and personality, everybody does have their own humor and personality. Everybody appreciates the humor. So if there's an opportunity to make things lighter or to wish somebody a good day or, you know, just a, a nice little salutation at the top of the email or whatever it is, just mm -hmm. to be as, as joyful as you possibly can, but get, get to the root of the problem or the root of the email really quickly. And, you know, if it's, if it's like the first pitch or whatever, and it's, it's, it could be just as simple as, um, you know, the, the call to action being, can I send you product samples as part of the overall email that there is a call to action there and, and you give the buyer the opportunity to re at least respond to you. Yes. So mm -hmm. you know that you're moving forward in the process. So always be, you know, very clear as to what the call to action is in those emails. So here's another question for you, Romy. If if people who are listening are saying, "Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not ready for big bucks. I I'd just be happy to get my product in a store," and if they're cold cold calling and sending out an email to a store, what might you suggest is a good subject tagline to make them the buyer want to click it open and say, "Okay, I, I get 400 emails or 200 emails or 50 emails, and I don't want to read them, but." This is the one I want to open. Yeah, it's a, that's a tough one to cut through the clutter, and you have to be really creative with those subject lines. If there is a, 
you know, if you just got an amazing press hit, it might be, you know, as seen on, you know, uh, Good Morning America, mm-hmm. um, you know, new product launch, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, if there, you know, it might be, you know, just landed an account with, you know, Target now, and now you're pitching Walgreens or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, is something that is a little more, I don't know, startling <laughs> or impressive. Um, you know, if product introductions, probably not going to cut it. Um, you know, when they're getting, getting inundated with so many different products. Also, it's important to understand a buyer's timeline. And if you're pitching at the wrong time, it may just get deleted. Um, and so to have a familiarity as much as possible with that buyer's time frame. If they're making a decision once a year during the month of March, then you want to be hitting them up in March. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're, you know, regularly reviewing every month or twice a year, you just want to make sure that the timing is coordinated if you happen to know what that timeline is. And that is one of those things that I talked about. One of the benefits of having a rep who is specific to that particular retailer they should be able to get you that information. Now, someone was saying, they're sitting there going, well, how do I find a rep like this? Is this something they could just Google? It's also really (laughs) actually challenging and something that usually happens either through connections and networking, Mm -hmm. like through Mm -hmm. LinkedIn or entrepreneurs um, networking with other entrepreneurs who can share that information. Or it happens at trade shows. Um, Somebody comes by your booth and introduces themselves and expresses interest in your product. Um, So it can happen in a number of different ways. But I think it's really critical to understand that that rep is is a partner in your success. And they also have limited resources and limited bandwidth. And they need to take you on just as much as you may want them to take you on. So it's not like this rep is doing you a big favor. Um, They need to believe in your product and they need to have a belief that they're going to be successful with your product. So you have to empower them to be successful. So it is a partnership. And I I often think that um, entrepreneurs with products think, oh, you know, they should more than want to take on my product. They can just add it to their product Mm -hmm. portfolio. But Again, it's about, you know, you're trading one resource for another. In my product bag as a rep, there are only so many products that I want to show because I want to make sure that those that I'm showing are truly successful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Romy, what would you say then is is the best lesson in business that you have learned from a mentor or from your own journey that makes you who you are today? What is that best lesson? Um, that it is a journey, that Rome was not built in a day, and that this is a this is a process, and things don't happen overnight. And so to be patient with the process, and to remind yourself that, remind yourself of all the successes. Um, don't get too bogged down in what we consider to be the mistakes or failures. They're learning opportunities. And you just have to, you know, pull on the big girl panties and, and charge mm-hmm. forward. Absolutely. Thank you. My last question then is, what, what are your top two or three habits 
to maintaining success in business that you could share with our listeners today? I would say some of the things that have helped me are um, exercise, which I do regularly. I do get up very early in the morning and I get to the gym um, at least five days a week. And that's me time. It's um, both physically and emotionally something that I need. And um, it is invigorating. And just from a health standpoint, I think it's really important. Um, And then also to be clearly communicating with my spouse as to what's happening with the business. Um, That way, he is supportive of the choices that I make. And... um, knows kind of what's going on in my daily life. So Mm. if there are frustrations or excitements that he can be a part of that process. Um, If I keep him in a little, you know, if I, if I keep him in a bubble, then he's not going to be able to experience the, you know, those, Mm -hmm. those joys and those successes and, and those um, learning Mm -hmm. opportunities with Mm -hmm. me. So I think it's really important to communicate. I, I love that you sum it with, your success is from taking care of yourself, your health. And and your second one was about your partnership with your your spouse, your family. Mm-hmm. And and that is very beautiful because I think, you know, and it's it's I've done a lot of these interviews and often people will say, Oh, my success habits are, you know, how to plan my day, making money and and and, and all the things about business. But I, I like how you approached it in that you do need to take care of yourself. And I always come back to that airplane analogy of, you know, the stewardess will tell when when she's telling people to get their air, air masks on that you put it on yourself first and then on your child. Because if you can't be healthy and breathing, you can't really take care of anybody else. And, you know, whether it's your family, your business, but to, 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 to focus in, on your health and your well-being. Right. It, it's, it serves as a foundation for everything else. Mm-hmm. So if the, the foundation is solid, everything else can be built up from that. Absolutely. And, and then how you brought up communicating, communicating with your spouse. And, you know, and I, and when you were saying that, I was thinking, yes, and, and with our children, because I, I think it's so important when our children see our, our trials and our hardships, because they can just celebrate with you on, on your journey of how you bounce up from it. And the lessons that they learn from that is just priceless. And, right. And yep. Cause, and, I, and I think that you bring up a really good point. Um, I believe in a very strong work ethic mm. and working hard towards accomplishing our goals. And my children do see that. And so I want to emulate that. And it may mean that I am not at every single school function and sport, mm-hmm. but I'm there for a good percentage of them. And they know that there's, there may be a good reason, or they know that when I can't attend, it's for a good reason. So again, it's about not feeling guilty. It's about celebrating all the things that we do have and not feeling guilty about the one or two times where we can't be there. Absolutely. I love that you brought that up earlier, but you know, learning to forgive ourselves because, you know, we can't dwell on guilt and, and being hard on ourselves, but to celebrate all the things that, that we possibly can, with, whether it's with our family, with our, our business, every little milestone is, should be celebrated. And Romy, I wanted to ask you, if people wanted to find you right now, where could they find you? 
social media wise? Right. Or how can they contact you? Yeah, they could just go to info at cybands.com and send over an email or connect with me on LinkedIn, Romy Taramina. Um, they want to check out the blog, they can go to retailtable.com. And then, of course, the website, the Cybands website is cybands.com, P S I B A N D S.com. Absolutely. And I will have all of this in our show notes as well. And Romy, it's been a huge honor to speak with you. I know that I've been inspired and, and challenged, and I know that our listeners have as well. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.